This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. At the Turn is brought to you by Vice Golf. Vice is a German company that makes premium quality golf balls for half the premium price. The Pro and Pro Plus were awarded a gold medal on Golf Digest's annual hot list, making Vice the only small company to win the magazine's highest award. Use the promo code TURN when you check out at vicegolf.com to get free shipping. That's promo code TURN. Golf balls shouldn't cost more than the round of drinks afterwards. What's your vice? This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of At The Turn. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you listening as always. I'm Joe. Nick is also joining us as well. Nick, how are you? I'm good, Joe. It's it's uh, It's been a crazy few, I mean, I guess it's been over a month since we've done an episode, huh? It's been... Almost six weeks. We haven't done one in 2018 Gosh. until now. Man. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's been busy, but it's been good. Um, yeah, for sure. So I have, so we will let people behind the curtain. We usually put together a sheet of what we're going to talk about, and we have a really cool show. Uh, we're talking to a guy who is running this goat caddy program out in southeastern Oregon. It's at this beautiful ranch, spa, golf resort, like idyllic Oregon situation there's a cattle farm all kinds of cool stuff and they are training goats to be caddies this summer we spoke to them so that's going to be really fun we're going to get into that in a little bit Tiger and Phil both making news this week at the Genesis Open the tournament that just finished up in LA so we're going to check on that but first Nick on the show sheet you wrote Nick's Warren Beatty moment and I know nothing about this so the floor is yours uh yeah so while we have been um, off the air for, for the last month or so, I, I have not been very far away from a microphone. Um, so I've been in this new job, and I'm working in a you know, college athletic department, which I've done for a long time. Um, but on a, one of my very first game days, they said, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, um, you're going to be the person who does the starting lineup introductions. You know, So we're in the middle of basketball and men's volleyball season right now, so 
literally like an hour before my first game day, they're like, yeah, you're going to have to do the starting lineups on the PA. And I'm like, uh, yes, I haven't really done that before, but you know, who cares? Why not? Um, so then a few weeks into it, we had a day where we had like back to back to back events. So we had a women's basketball, men's basketball game, and then a men's volleyball game that night. So just an exhausting day. I'm there from like 10 AM to 10 or 11 PM. And, uh, we get to this men's volleyball game, which is like the nightcap, the third game. And right before the game, somebody comes up to me and is like, oh, hey, Nick, just so you know, the roster in the game day program for the volleyball team is is wrong. And I'm like, really, in my, in my mind, I'm like, I don't really care at all at this point. I just want to get today <laughs> over with. So I'm like, don't really think anything of it until I start playing the national anthem, which also is my job. I go over to the iPod. I play the national anthem. It ends. I do the starting lineups. So National Anthem starts going on, and it all hits me at once that I'm about to go on the microphone to introduce the starting lineups, but I don't have the names of the starting <laughs> of the starting lineups. Oh, my God. And so now I'm like, oh, my God, what do I do? All of a sudden, National Anthem ends. I pick up the microphone, <laughs> and um, I know that I don't have the correct information in front of me and that I also cannot wait any longer to start reading the thing I'm supposed to be reading. <laughs> so I just start reading the wrong names, and everybody <laughs> in the gym is just looking at each other. And the, the other team, like, they don't know who to, who to run out to the court because <laughs> it's not their names. And, uh, yeah, so I just introduced, like, the, the wrong starting volleyball team in front of a, in front of a crowded gym for... <laughs> For uh, starting lineups, and I was just thought, man, there, it was just a lonely, helpless feeling that I just got to get through this because I don't really know what else to do. I can't, can't wait any longer. Wait a minute. So did like Warren Beatty come save you? I don't understand. Oh, when he was doing, he he's the one who had the Oscars. He had the he read the wrong winner oh! for the Oscars because they gave him the wrong envelope, <laughs> and he's up there on stage, and he realizes he has the wrong envelope, <laughs> but it's time to announce Best Picture. And he's just looking at this envelope like, oh boy, what do I do? It's the, it's, okay. the wrong, it's the wrong thing, but what am I supposed to do? Don't you know? I, I really hope that clicks with the audience. Now that you've said that, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, Moonlight and La La Land last year. Right. Him and he's Faye standing Dunaway. there and he's right. like, oh, this is, the wrong, this is the wrong one. What do I do? I swear to God, the whole time you're telling that story, I'm like, all right, here comes the Warren Beatty part. Is Warren Beatty in the stands? Where's Warren Beatty? <laughs> Yes, he came down with the correct starting lineup and saved me. <laughs> oh my god. No, no, no. But I was just hilarious. like I don't know if you watched that clip. We might have to post it on social media, but oh, no. there's this moment where he realizes he's in over his head, he doesn't know what to do. That was you. That was me because I... <laughs> it was like it all hit me at once, like eh, I can't hide any longer. Uh, I just have to read the wrong thing. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm glad you got through it just like Warren Beatty. <laughs> so mine did not make national news no, I, can, I can well assure you not that. yet we haven't posted the episode yet but maybe maybe when we do it's good it's gonna create waves through through the small college community in massachusetts um oh so okay so what have you been up to joe well uh i actually came back uh from the woods uh just just yesterday when went hiking it's very cold and snowy and and uh, rainy here in the Portland, Oregon area. So I did that, but not playing golf. Uh, no golf. I haven't picked up a golf club in four months, which is a little annoying. It may get out there this week, but 
No, no golf. Uh, the, only, the only golf I've watched was Tiger play pretty terribly on Friday. Like I said, we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but I do want to get to the interview with Colby Marshall, the vice president of livestock and guest services with Sylvie's Valley Ranch down in Seneca, Oregon, five hours away from Portland. Uh, but it looks like a really cool spot. Going to get to that chat in just a few minutes. So, Nick, as I mentioned, I was out in the woods. It was very cold. Uh, it was wet. But I was very comfortable. And you know why? Why? Vice golf. I had my vice golf beanie on. I was looking great out there. Uh, a few people stopped me and said, hey, wait, are you Joe Simons from At The Turn? I said, yes, please. <laughs> I'm just trying to hike. I'm just like you. We're just out in the woods together. It's no big deal. But, yes, go to vicegolf.com. Put that promo code TURN in, and you will get free shipping to anywhere in the United States. They were very grateful. They thanked me, and they were on their way. So be like my friends in the woods. Be like Nick, like me. Get your vice golf gear. It's good any time of year. All right, joining us now is Colby Marshall, the vice president of Livestock and Guest Services at Sylvie's Valley Ranch in Seneca, Oregon. He made news recently at the caddy program that is coming to Sylvie's in a few short months. Colby, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to be with you, uh, both Joe and Nick. Thank you guys very much for the opportunity. Uh, it's great to uh, talk about not only uh, the goat caddy program uh, here at Sylvie's Valley Ranch, but we'll also talk uh, a little bit more about just what we offer out here in Frontier, Oregon. Yeah, let's let's start with the goats. Um, so I guess first off, where did this idea come from? Well, actually, uh, Joe, I'd, I'd love to sit here and tell you that, uh, you know, we – we in the upper management of uh, the ranch took credit for the program, but uh, that's, uh, that's not true. Uh, the, uh, the goat caddy program idea uh, came from the goats themselves. Really? They, uh, well, absolutely. Yeah. The goats were, uh, you know, they, they were pretty much stuck in a, in a single career path and they were looking for different opportunities and, and obviously for good reason, and uh, as good, responsible, and equal opportunity employers, uh, we developed this new career path for them. Um, we, 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 not only do we have the pack goats that the guests uh, were able to take, uh, you know, up in, or excuse me, the, in the in the goat caddy program, but we also have the pack goats that uh, other guests can use and uh, out when they, uh, you know, are going fishing, and and so they can carry their lunch and sometimes a fishing pole. Um, and all the goat caddies, uh, they enjoy their job a lot. Uh, all right, Colby. So <clears throat> I come, <laughs> I come to your course, and I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play the course, and I have a goat as my caddy. So what can I expect? Take me through what my experience as a customer is like um, if I'm playing a round of golf with a goat as my caddy. Yeah, you bet. So uh, first of all, uh, at Sylvie's Valley Ranch, we have four golf courses. We have uh, the main uh, course that is the first-in-the-world-designed reversible golf course. All of these courses were uh, designed and built uh, by Dan Hickson, uh, who uh, grew up uh, at the Eugene Country Club, uh, native Oregonian, uh, just a, an amazing uh, uh, individual, both in terms of uh, you know his ability on the golf course, but also his architectural design. Um, we have a short nine-hole uh, course that we call uh, the Chief Egan course, an executive par three course. And then the course there of which the goat caddies will be working is called the McVeigh's Gauntlet. And this is a seven-hole challenge course. Uh, 
steep up and downs, high elevated uh, tee boxes shooting down onto postage stamp greens and the like. This is where the goat caddies will be at home, and this is where the golfers uh, will be able to utilize the services of a goat caddy. Um, and directly to your question, uh, the experience will be that uh, the, the goat caddy will be wearing a custom-made uh, uh, backpack from the Seamus Company there in Portland, and this custom-made backpack will hold uh, uh, two golf clubs, uh, golf balls, uh, tees, obviously, uh, and a six-pack of your favorite beverage uh, to <laughs> utilize on the course, um, along with uh, extra peanuts. Um, because, you know, the goat caddies, uh, they don't work for free. Uh, they, you know, it requires a little tipping along the way. Okay, so that, that, that brings me to something that when, so when, when, I, when I've told people about this, Colby, the first thing everyone has said to me is, well, how are you going to prevent the goat from eating your golf ball? So I know you have extra peanuts there, but, I mean, how are they just not going to eat everything inside? It is a goat, after all. Well, it is a goat, but they're well taken care of. Obviously, they're in tremendous shape. Uh, they're, they're, you know, we put them through a very uh, rigorous uh, physical training program. They get, you know, they receive the highest quality uh, nutrition, a diet of, uh, of, of wonderful wildflowers shrubs, and, of course, as much uh, organic wild meadow hay off the ranch as they can consume. Um, and, and the other thing about the goat caddies is they only drink fresh spring water that comes directly from the ranch. So, you know, they're not going to go after uh, a, a, a dimpled golf ball, you know, not when they have that kind of uh, a menu in front of them. Okay, so I know a lot of this is, a, is, is tongue-in-cheek, but right. all kidding aside, can you actually train a goat to be a caddy, or is this just, this is awesome because we have goats out here, and they know the property well enough, and they're going to carry your stuff, and it's a fun experience? Well, the uh, goats have been used as a pack animal and as a, uh, an animal to pull carts um, you know, for thousands of years around the world. Uh, so this is not... Uh, a new experience uh, for the goats uh, in terms of, you know, them assisting with uh, things that we as two-leggeds, you know, like to be able to do out on the land. Um, our Peruvian, uh, we have team members of Peruvian descent uh, that live and work uh, uh, here on the ranch. Uh, they spend uh, uh, every day with the goats, and, and they utilize the goats uh, for their own pack needs um, during the during the day as they're, as they're moving the goats from place to place, and so they've been using they they were using these goats or 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 goats that we will we will use eventually um, to pack their lunches, extra water, um, and, and those sorts of things. So this is these these goats are trained. You know, this is a new training for them. You know training to pack the, uh, the golf clubs and, and then the extra things that are uh, a part of the pack. But this is not going to be a completely new experience for them by any stretch. So when I'm playing this course, say, say me and Joe are out here playing and, uh, you know, we each yeah. have a, a goat caddy. Do we, like, how does the goat know which, you know, golfer is hit? Like, I don't <laughs> want Joe's, Joe's goat coming over and give me his, his clubs because I'm a lefty and he's a righty. Um, so, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, just like I feel like the goats might be wandering around. I mean, how do you? How does that all work? Well, the goats are are, are on. First of all, the goats are on a leash, so you'll have control over the goat. And then when you get when you reach the tee box or you reach the green, 
um, there'll be a place where you can, uh, you know, clip the uh, leash onto a post to keep the goat from, from wandering off. Um, but, you know, truly as part of their training, um, they, they have to learn, you know, the course layout. Um, they have to learn, uh, obviously, club selection from, from different hitting locations. And, and, and as any caddy of any species will tell you, getting the, getting the golfer to actually take the advice of the caddy is one of the caddy's most difficult jobs, <laughs> regardless if you're a goat or not. So the goats are trained. I get that. <laughs> What about the golfers? What kind of training do I need to hang with a goat for like ninety minutes? <laughs> well, you will be you you will have to go through an, uh, a short orientation program <laughs> about how to uh, you know interact with your caddy, uh, the kinds of uh, uh, things that the caddies like, the things that they don't like, um, and uh, and just like any other you know member of the team here at the Sylvie's Valley Retreat and Links. You know, um, uh, doing anything that makes uh, a team member uncomfortable, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll eventually ask you to leave, and and that includes if uh, you know if you're if you're disrespectful to your goat caddy. Fair enough. Um, so <laughs> I I have I'm out here in uh, in Massachusetts, but I'm planning this big road trip out in the summer out west um, for June and July. And I'm I'm crossing my fingers that this is going to be off the ground by by July first or so, so I can come and and take part in this. And if that's the case, um, what else can I expect from the resort as a whole? Like I'm not gonna, I'm not going to come here and just play this seven hole golf course, which I would. But you, it <laughs> sure. sounds like you have so much more to offer. So what can I expect from your resort as a whole? Yeah, absolutely, Nick. Thank you for that question. So the retreat and links at Sylvie's Valley. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the golf. On the retreat side, what you can expect is we are a 34-room, 44-bed retreat, all focused on a high-end Western-themed experience because, obviously, it's on a 140,000-acre working cattle, goat, and and hay ranch. So it's very much an historical uh, working ranch. To that end, the retreat picks up on that theme, and and you will have wonderful accommodations. Uh, we have a uh, a wonderful lodge um, with uh, um, uh, chefs and service for the food, uh, giving you that great culinary experience. We have uh, a bar that features over a hundred different types of scotch. We have an extensive wine list. Uh, you're also going to, uh, in July, we're opening up our, our full-service spa um, with massage, uh, indoor uh, lap pool, half Olympic size indoor lap pool, uh, rock climbing wall. Um, we also have numerous other um, experiences that you can enjoy on the ranch. We have a shooting range um, made up of a pistol range. Uh, responsive target uh, rifle range and and a long distance sharpshooter range. Um, we'll also uh, have uh, wildlife tours, opportunities to go out and uh, watch the cowboys uh, move the cattle. And if you would like, um, we also have a tour where you can go out and walk with the goats, um, which are uh, being uh, grazed on rangeland here on the ranch. Wow! So. I mean, as a golf podcast, my first thought was you're a golf course that has a ranch, but really it sounds a lot more like 
you're a ranch that has a ton of things, including some golf. That is that fair to say? That, I, I can, we can bring the wife. We can, you know, it's not just a, a golf getaway. That is exactly right. It is the golf is the obviously it's the magnet. It's an attraction. The the reversible golf course is a first in the world design um, that allows you to play uh, one direction one day. So you go out, you go to the first tee box, uh, you would play the course counterclockwise one day. You come back, you go to that same tee box and you play the course clockwise going the next day. That's the magnet. It really is the draw. It's a, it's a beautifully designed, gorgeous course uh, based in a high mountain meadow and up through the wild pine and, and, and juniper stands, uh, area covered in sagebrush, um, and, and, and at 5,000 feet elevation. So this is definitely up in the mountains. The other aspects of the retreat, though, add to that experience, you know, where, where, Families and friends uh, can, you know, they're if they don't just want to go play golf, there's so much more that they can do, uh, and that and that's how we've set it up so that it's a place where uh, you know everybody can find something that they would enjoy. They they can have a lifetime experience, you know, every day here at Sylvie's Valley Ranch. Hey Colby, I've lived in Portland most of my life. You're located in mm-hmm. Seneca, Oregon. How do I get there? Yeah, so from. Uh, the, the best way to access the ranch, uh, primarily through two different portals. So if you're in Portland, Oregon, what you'll do is you'll drive down into Central Oregon, and, and then you'll drive from Central Oregon out uh, into Frontier, Oregon, uh, about two and a half hours uh, uh, east of Bend. And that is where you will find uh, uh, Seneca, Oregon. If you're coming the other direction, like Nick, coming from Massachusetts, the best portal of entry will go through Boise, Idaho. And then from Boise, Idaho, you'll have about a three and a half hour drive uh, over to Seneca and where the ranch is located. Well, it sounds like a really cool place. And you're adding one more element to it that is very unique. The goat caddy program that's opening up later on this summer. Colby Marshall, vice president of livestock and guest services with Sylvie's Valley Ranch in Seneca, Oregon. Colby, thank you so much for your time today. Joe, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Nick, we'll look forward to seeing you out here very soon. Yeah, looking forward to it. Colby, I, I want to say you're probably going to be the only person with that title that uh, appears on our podcast. We could probably do it for 50 more years and not have another vice president of livestock and guest services. So uh, we really appreciate you taking the time today. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate your uh, interest. It is February. It's about to be March. The snow is melting. It's about to be time for to you know get the sticks out for the mm. next seven months. There's no better time than right now to stock up on all the boxes of balls you're going to buy for the whole season. Just go on Vice Golf. You get discounts the more you buy. Type in that code. You get free shipping. Get your balls for the year. Play Vice this year and have a great year on the course. Joe, it's getting to be that time of year again where... Golf is becoming more and more relevant. We're getting closer and closer to the Masters, which for me and probably you and a lot of golf fans is like the official opening day, even though there's some relevant tournaments before that. And this week is one of those relevant tournaments. Um, Riviera, Tiger Woods played. Um, Phil Mickelson was in the hunt on the back nine uh, today, which is Sunday of the tournament. And it looks like Bubba Watson's going to win. Jordan Spieth played. Justin Thomas. Uh, Golf is starting to get exciting again on the PGA Tour. It is, and Bubba Watson had himself quite a week. So he played well Thursday, Friday, got himself in the hunt. He had an early tee time on Friday, 
And then Friday afternoon, he went over to the Staples Center and he played in the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game. So I only saw a few minutes of him play. Uh, he did jack up a pretty awful air ball. But <laughs> it was kind of strange because for someone who was playing in a professional golf tournament down the road and was halfway through it and was in contention, he got in the paint a lot. He was down there banging <laughs> banging with the trees. I was very surprised. I figured he'd just hang around the three-point line, take it easy. But Bubba um, comes through with the win. It's his third time winning at Riviera. It's called the Genesis Open now. I think it was called the Nissan Open before. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's the it's the tournament at Riviera. It's his third time winning it, and it's Bubba's first win in quite a while. Poor Kevin Na is going to have his ninth second place finish in his career, and he's won one time. He's that basket case who takes way too long between shots. <laughs> yeah, social media loves to loves to. Uh... Rag on Kevin Na, whatever chance they get for being slow. So we'll we'll get to Tiger in a second, um, but I want to start actually with Phil. I want I want to do a little Phil talk before Tiger talk, Nick. So Phil has, I, I think we mentioned this stat before. Tiger has won more recently than Phil has. Tiger won, um, I believe. Lead to me. Yeah. So Tiger won the the tournament at Bridgestone, which is one of the tournaments he I think has won like eight times, and he won that in 2013. Phil won the British Open in 2013. So, you know, even though Tiger hasn't really played much in the last four years, his last wins come more recently than Phil, right? So Phil splits up with his caddy, Jim Mackay, Bones, who was with him for 20 years, kind of went through a rut. A little bit of a resurgence for Phil. So we got within one shot of the lead on the back nine today. We're filming, or filming, we're, we're taping this right after the uh, end of the tournament. So Phil got within one on the back nine. He kind of wilted a little bit down the stretch. Did make a nice birdie at 17 to finish in the top 10. Last week at Pebble, he was also in the hunt, actually finished second at Pebble Beach. So Phil having a little bit of a resurgence. He's still, I mean, he's 47 years old. So most golfers are kind of winding down at that point. But Phil still, you know, they they went crazy about his swing speed and, you know, ball speed and all this kind of stuff. Suffice it to say, Phil can still put it out there pretty good. And it's nice to see him playing well, um, even though these are tournaments. So Torrey Pines, excuse me, Pebble Beach is a tournament Phil's won multiple times. The tournament at Riviera is a tournament Phil's won multiple times as well. So it could be a little bit of horses for courses as opposed to actually Phil, you know, having this big resurgence. But either way, it's it's nice to see Phil playing well, and uh, hopefully he can get some of that momentum going into the Masters. Yeah, I mean, you still got to hit the shots, and that's the important thing. I mean, you can know what shot. You can know how to play a course, but you still have to execute, you know. So I, I think it's a good sign. Um Who's, I mean, obviously Phil's got, Phil's got the lead right now, but is Phil, who's going to have a better season, Phil or Tiger? Oh, I think it's going to be Phil. Um, yeah. I think. You're, I, you're, you're right. I, well, <laughs> I mean, well, I mean th- th- so obvious. think of it this way. Like, is Tiger, Tiger Woods would have to get two top tens this year to tie what Phil has done in the first month and a half of the season. And, you know, considering what we saw from Tiger this week, I don't know how doable that is. So, okay. So that's the Phil talk. Why don't we, why don't we get why the people are here, Nick? Tiger talk. That's why they tune in. So uh, that's why they tune in every six weeks. <laughs> it is. They they can't wait to see the new episode of At the Turn pop up on their podcast feed. So like for one day, the one day Tiger news for the for the six weeks. <laughs> like what was going on here. the day Nick and Joe recorded. That's right. So um, no, I so Tiger missed the cut this week. He shot one over on Thursday, and that ended up being the the number the cut was on. So Tiger needed to shoot par on Friday. I watched most of Tiger's round on Friday. I had the day off from work, and uh, it was it was not pretty. He made a few long putts on the front nine to keep himself in it, but then he bogeyed four holes in a row in the back. 
Uh, just couldn't get anything going. He couldn't hit a fairway to save his life. He actually had eight fairways on Thursday, but just did not hit any on Friday and just looked really, really bad. He, he, he just didn't play well this week. So this is Tiger's second tournament on the PGA Tour this year. He played Torrey Pines a few weeks ago, and that's the tournament that I would say, besides Bridgestone, he has been the most successful in. I think he's won the actual tournament they have every year at Torrey Pines seven times in his career, and he also won the U.S. Open there in 2008. And Riviera is a course, interesting fact I saw this week, Riviera is a course that Tiger and Jack both never won on. So going back to that horses for courses theme, I don't really know if Tiger is as good as the 23rd place finish that he had at Torrey Pines or as bad as the missed cut that he's had at Riviera. I think he's probably somewhere in the middle at this point, which is probably where we expected him to be, a guy who's going to make and miss cuts with somewhat regularity. And if he contends, that's a bonus, but it's probably going to be on a course that he knows well because for Tiger just to get used to being a professional golfer again is going to take some time. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that he missed the cut. I think it's a a win, you know, in air quotes, that he has completed two tournaments. I mean, he didn't, you know, he obviously missed the cut, but he didn't withdraw. He wasn't injured. He, you know, he committed to the Honda Classic, you know, this coming week, which which tells me that he's physically feeling good. I think that's the biggest takeaway. I mean, I don't think anyone's really expecting him to really contend or, you know, win a tournament at this point. Um, I think the missed cut is excusable. It's not what we're hoping to see. Um, but I think it's still a positive sign. I mean, when's the last time he got, it feels like five years ago since the last time he made it through two tournaments without, you know, cringing with his back and withdrawing and having surgery and, you know, missing the rest of the season, right? No, absolutely. And I think the fact that Tiger, Tiger's going to play in the Honda Classic, which depending on when you're listening to this may have already happened, but the fact that Tiger <laughs> is playing in back-to-back tournaments on the PGA Tour is also encouraging. Now, it would have been a much stronger test, and I think a lot of people would probably feel more excited about this iteration of Tiger's return if he was able to play eight rounds in 14 days as opposed to six if he makes the cut at the Honda. So he's going to get a little time in between, which, given that he hasn't played a regular schedule in a long time, is probably not the worst thing in the world. So at this point, after seeing him play twice, once, I would say successfully, a top 25 finish has got to be viewed as a success at this point. For sure, it's a success, yeah. And then one missed cut. Like, what, at this point, do you think is the expectation for Tiger this year? Like, like what is what is shooting for the stars what Tiger does this year? Um, I think, like, two top 10 finishes would be, you know, a, a good season for Tiger. My, my takeaway from this week is I saw his scorecard from Friday. Yeah, he, he missed the cut. Um, he still made enough birdies. I think he made four birdies on Friday, which mm-hmm. isn't a ton, but it's not like he can't play golf. He's just got to clean up the bogeys, and I think that comes with getting back into tournament golf. So I don't think that he's not capable. I don't think he's lost the ability. I just think he needs to, you know, brush some of that rust off, get a little bit more consistent, um, clean up some of the, some of the ugliness. And um, I think he'll be, you know, I don't, I don't think he's going to win this year, but I think he might be in contention a, a few times, maybe like three to five times. He'll be in the last, I don't know, three groups on a Sunday. Yeah, you know, we were talking about it. In You'll my be like my hard take on that. No, yeah, that, no, that was good. That was that was that was way to take a stand there. So, yeah. um, <laughs> someone asked me if 
I think Tiger's ever gonna, ever going to win a major again. And I do. I, I still feel like Tiger is going to find a way to gut out a Masters at some point. He just knows that course too well. And I just... He's only 42. Like, there's yeah. still time. And again, I hate... When I see Tiger swing hard, nothing makes me more upset than seeing Tiger swing hard or like be have a really dramatic follow through. Just Tiger needs to be an old man and be comfortable being an old man. <laughs> Tiger plays good when he putts well. It it it's it's so annoying because it's so logical to me and I think to a lot of people that Tiger just has to hit fairways, hit greens and make putts. Tiger's short game just has like been Just like focus all his attention on becoming the best putter in the world again. Exactly. Right, like Tiger was real. Tiger was an excellent ball striker, but he never hit a lot of fairways. Like if Tiger just replaces the power with accuracy from his tee to green game and continues to make putts like he has been so far this year, he'll contend. It's just not rocket science. I I just don't understand why he's not able to do it. And you know he played with Roy McIlroy and Justin Thomas this week, and I still you cannot convince me that it does not bug Tiger that he watches those young, flexible, athletic guys hit it past him, hit shorter iron into greens. I mean, that's just the way Tiger's wired. He's going to want to hit it as far as everybody else. And not only just those young guys, but the fact that Phil can still bomb it out there. He thinks that lumpy son of a (laughs) gun can still outdrive me. Are you kidding me? And I know Tiger thinks that way, but I just wish he would calm down, make some putts, and let it happen as opposed to trying to force it. Yeah, it stands to reason that the last part of your game that aging would affect would be putting. I mean, it just seems. I mean, I'm, I'm still super young. I'm still. I can still consider myself one of those young, flexible guys. So you know, I can't attest to that. But it, it seems like, you know, as your body gets older, your putting would still be the most consistent thing. It would be the last thing to kind of go. So yeah, it, it, your your strategy makes sense, Joe. Maybe he should hire you. <laughs> he needs a swing coach. He doesn't have one right now. I'd be Tiger. My services are available, baby. Call me, call me anytime. <laughs> you can get him for cheap. That's right. So. You also said that you wanted to talk about the official world golf rankings. You have a, a, well, a strange tidbit for us. I mean, this is kind of stupid, Joe. I just I just logged <laughs> on to it. see you know where Tiger was ranked and to see if Steph Curry was still ranked. And I just noticed <laughs> to the top five guys all had J names. <laughs> the, uh, wait, so wait, wait, what was that again? The top five guys have J names? Yeah. You got, you got Dustin Johnson. And then John Rahm, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Justin Rose. <laughs> And then Joe Simon's in six, so that's, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, then Joe Simon's. This is the lamest segment of At The Turn. I don't even know why I wrote that down. No, I I love it. And you said you wanted to check on Steph Curry and Tiger Woods' rankings, so don't keep the people in suspense. Where are they at right now? Tiger Woods, um, as of February 18th, is number 550 in the world. It'll be interesting to see. I know that's a weird formula. Like, every time you play, he, he might go up tomorrow when the new rankings come out. Um, because he competed. I'm not sure. There's like divisors and all sorts of, uh, like a two-year, goes back two years. I don't know how it works. I know it's crazy. Um, Steph Curry checks in at 1937. He actually went up one from last week when he was 1938. Um, it must be that somebody else's divisor, you know, disqualified them, and he, he jumped over the, the person who was ranked 1937th last week. So You know, Nick, I don't know. As, I don't know, Joe. as we're discussing this, something has occurred to me. So you mentioned that you've been a little bit unplugged. Were you too unplugged to see who got a sponsor's exemption in an opposite field event coming up next month? Yes. 
It is the lead analyst for the NFL on CBS, former quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Tony Romo is going to compete in a PGA Tour event. And the best part about that is because the field is going to be stronger in that PGA Tour (laughs) event than the field Steph Curry played against in the (laughs) Web.com tournament last summer. Tony Romo is going to be a higher-ranked golfer in the world than Steph Curry. And that, to me, just just makes my day. If you could see the smile on my face right now. He's going to be, yeah, yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? He's literally got a sponsor's exemption. So it's an event that was a web.com tour event last year. They're making it a PGA Tour event this year. So the match play tournament that comes up in a month or so, Mm, I love that's that gonna event. be yeah. So so that's gonna be going on. The top sixty four players in the world are gonna be playing that. And an opposite the top sixty three plus Tiger Woods. <laughs> yes, exactly. So the opposite. So an opposite <laughs> field event is when they have that going on, or like another World Golf Championship event, um, where your world ranking is determining what who gets in the field. The opposite field is everyone else, right? So like sixty five through whatever who want to play in this event can and Tony Romo. So that's what's gonna comprise the field. At that event, and I have to assume if Tony Romo makes the cut, he's just going to continue on being a professional golfer. Oh yeah, there's no question. I mean, <laughs> he's you know we've talked about it on this show, you know his uh, trials and tribulations for the U.S. Open qualifying. I'm sure he'll do it again oh this year. Um, th- I believe that like five percent of his decision to retire from the NFL was to like pursue his golf career. <laughs> sure. Okay. So Nick. I'm going to do an impromptu would you rather. Would you rather caddy for Steph Curry or Tony Romo in a PGA Tour event? I think Steph Curry. Oh? I think so. I mean, both would be really fun. I'm biased, obviously. I'm a huge Cowboys yeah, fan. Yeah, so I, I, I know, picked Tony I, I Romo. Where you're going with but, that, but I, I, I will tell uh, you, two summers ago, I went down to Bandon with my dad and my brother, and we got a caddy, a group caddy, and that caddy told us that he caddied for, like, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, and Steph Curry. Steph went out and shot a 72 from the tips and said he was the nicest guy in the world. You know what I really like about Steph Curry? I remember when I was, like, in college or whatever. I think we're probably the same age. He um, was playing basketball at Davidson, and he was just Del Curry's son, and he didn't, like, score, like, 35 points a game and shoot the ball from anywhere. And it was the coolest thing. And, like, now that that guy actually made it, you know, and is winning NBA championships and he's the MVP. Um, I think that's really cool. So um, I think I'd rather hang out with Steph for the day. I look, mean, Tony Romo's got a similar story too, but, um, you know, I'm more partial to Steph. Look, most people are. Uh, the Tony Romo agenda is something I'm, I'm going to continue to push, mostly on deaf ears, but I'm, I'm used I to mean, it, so it's okay. No, no offense no, no. to Tony, because I know he's a, is a listener to the show. I would, I'd love he to is. carry the sticks for him. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'd love to chat him up too. I, I mean, he... I'm sure he's an interesting guy. I've seen him on Golf Channel a few times, and uh, you know it's it's swayed my opinion of him favorably because oh. I'm not the biggest Cowboys fan for sure. So I, I like Tony. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, Nick's saying something positive about Tony Romo. I think we should probably kind of wrap <laughs> things up there. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode of At the Turn. Hopefully, we're going to do one again uh, in the next month. I would hope sooner. I think we're going to try to start doing these more because, like Nick said, golf season's ramp. ramp- ramping up uh the masters is going to be coming in gosh it's less than eight weeks every time i see a masters commercial i uh i just tell my girlfriend i'm, I'm busy right now i have to listen to what they're saying <laughs> about the masters so I'm, I'm very excited for what's coming up nick yeah it's gonna be fun i think we'll, we'll get we'll get to these every two or three weeks i think excellent vice golf promo code turn go to vicegolf.com promo code term you get free shipping like nick said get golf balls 
For the whole year, you can get them all at once. You save a bunch, and they make great gifts. I give them out to everyone I know, and I'm sure their handicaps are going to be lower this season. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of At The Turn, and we'll see you next time. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.